You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, everyone. My name is Ashley. I'm the host of this show. I love all things self-care, self-discovery. And today we are talking with guest Skylar Saba of Happy Earth Habits to just upgrade our routines, our rituals to be better for the environment. It's such a fun conversation and I took away so many different tips from Skylar when we chatted a couple weeks ago. Just a few things that she points out is, you know, there's areas that we can focus within our routines and our rituals. We don't have to do it all at once, right? We can start small, make little changes that are better for our environment, more sustainable, less waste, start small, and then start to get into, you know, more, more and more here and there. It takes that commitment, but you don't have to do it all at once. And I just really loved that about our conversation. So let me tell you a little about Skylar. Skylar Saba is the founder and CEO of Happy Earth Habits major supporter of Mama Earth and a mindful educator and sustainability expert. She has grown a community of 18.5 thousand change makers around the world via Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest. And she's become a resource for sustainability education and low waste living. So we found each other on Instagram and there was specifically one reel that she had posted of her doing her nail routine and how she makes it low waste. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love this. This is little changes that feel so good. And you know, she's starts with these these small habits and then does tons of education on Instagram about how to, you know, make those more less wasteful decisions. We talk about sustainability in clothing, we talk clothing rental, we talk the bathroom and all the areas that we can make upgrades to be more sustainable there, the kitchen. This is such a fun conversation and I hope that you go to Skylar on Instagram at Happy Earth Habits to learn more, start small and go from there. A couple things that I've started since we chatted, I got reusable, like instead of cotton balls, they're like reusable cosmetic little pads and I use those for washing my face, taking nail polish off. Um, There's a couple other areas like different cleaners that I've been using instead of just, you know, getting a bottle of plastic and, and replacing that when it's out. I got a glass bottle and just keep refilling it. Things like that, so small and they just feel so good. Okay, so that's what we're talking about today. If you are new to yoga magic, I'm so glad you're here. We talk about all things self-care and I love to bring tons of different practices to you so that you can try them on and see what works for you. First and foremost, it's a commitment. Committing to self-care is so key and this hopefully, this show takes some of the load off by giving you lots of ideas, a place to start. 
I love to use astrology to get through some of the noise of self-care and really get specific on how you can build your routines, your rituals based on your astrological birth chart. And I love to work one-on-one with individuals to do that. So thanks for being here. If you are not already following along on Instagram, Check us out at Yoga Magic Podcast. You can find me at ashleysondergaard.yoga. And in the link in my bio is a link to sign up for the email newsletter. I send those out every other week. And if you, when you do sign up for that, you get a free morning routine for your astrological sign. So just some ideas to get your morning routine up and going based on your sign. And that's in the show notes as well. So thank you for being here, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to amazing Skylar for sharing her many habits and little upgrades that we can take on to support Mama Earth and the environment that we live in. And finally, thanks to our show sponsor, Interval. Interval is my favorite platform for hosting online classes, yoga classes, education. It brings everything all in one platform. It's amazing. All right, let's get to our conversation with Skylar. Thank you for being here, Skylar. I'm excited. (laughs) We were just literally right before we hopped on this. Like, it's There's just a lot. There's a lot happening in the world. This will be like a good topic that is clearly impacting the world and also is fun. Am I right? It's kind of fun. I think it's so fun. I, I love it. I want it to be fun. That's the point. <laughs> I know. I know. So Skylar, tell everyone about yourself. Yeah. Hi, I'm Skylar. And I like to say I'm the human behind Happy Earth Habits. And Happy Earth Habits to me is my platform where I talk about low waste living and just living in alignment with the planet. So I went to school for fashion and product development and I studied sustainability throughout that. And that's really when I started to get into my low waste journey. And when I was doing it, I was like, this is really overwhelming. And like, there's a lot here. I want this to be fun. Why isn't this fun? There's there. It just seemed very much. There was a lot going on. And so that's when I started to share things on social media. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be, I'm just going to share what I'm learning because I was holding it in and I felt like I needed to get it out there. So I started happy with habits and it kind of grew into a whole thing. Um, I make TikToks now I'm on Instagram and it's a whole community and really the core, the core of happy earth habits is really living in alignment with the planet. I think there's a lot of information out there about what's going on with the earth. And, you know, obviously we need to start helping her a little bit more. And I think everybody can make day-to-day impacts with just simple changes in their life. So I, I really wanted to make happier habits accessible for people. I didn't want it to seem overwhelming. I wanted it to seem like, okay, I can do this. This is something that I can do in my everyday life. Because I think if you look at the way the planet is, there's a lot of really big problems that are affecting it. But I think really to me, what was most important was helping people connect with the planet and building their relationship with mama earth Mm -hmm. and like how they can live again in alignment with that and what that looks like for them because I think it looks different for everybody. So that's really how happy with habits was born and how it started. And it's just kind of blossomed throughout. And I've, I've grown so much from it. And I think the people that I've met and have been a part of the community have also really grown and learned a lot. So that that's happy with habits in a nutshell. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And when you talk about it, you seem, you seem really joyful. And I think I've been thinking about this a lot lately, just about climate change and things that are, I mean, obviously we're all thinking about it. And yet I think it was on NPR. They were talking about just like the mental health load and struggle that many of us are feeling because of climate change, which 
I'm like, of course. And for you to talk in a really like joyful way about the things that we can do to slow it down and really impact our own behaviors. Like this is the, this is the self-care element. But that being said, do you, this is a weird question. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 22. Okay. This is what I was hoping you'd say. Cause I do think your generation is going to be the ones that are going to shift it just in that curiosity and like that forward momentum. And we can learn a lot from you on the TikToks. And so I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about too, and there's this moment, I used to live in New York city and living in that, like in New York city, walking around, like there's trash everywhere. They that's, you put your trash on the street and the apartment complexes, like piles and piles of trash. And you're just seeing how many, how much plastic's being used. Like you're just watching it all happen. And I remember one day I was walking home and it just hit me and I went and I was sitting out on my fire escape and I was like, what are we going to do about this? Like, this is a huge problem. And people now, I think it has a name called climate anxiety, where it's like, you're learning Mm. all the information and you're learning everything. And then it's this overwhelming feeling of like, like, I'm just one person. What can I do? And that's really what I try to avoid with when I talk about it, because there's so much that you can do. And I always say like, we as people can make the biggest difference because companies listen to what we do. They're paying attention. Like they're going to change the ways that they do things. Obviously the policies and all of that. Also, they pay attention to what the people are doing. They, us as people, the decisions that we make, make a huge, huge impact. So whenever people are like, I get overwhelmed. I always try to be like one thing at a time. Like what can you do in your life to clean it up and to live in more alignment with the planet? And I think also with the whole zero waste, it's this idea of all or nothing where it's like, well, I have to do this because if I I have to do X, Y, and Z, there's a hundred things and I have to clean up everything. And it's so overwhelming and then people get frozen. And that's really what I, again, like, I don't think that's the point. I think the Mm -hmm. point is like how, what's in alignment for me, my, like actually me, and then what's in alignment for the planet and where's the happy medium and what can I do? And I think that's also so important because it's not about perfectionism. It's just about doing better and thinking and being conscious. And I think like when we talk about mindset and we talk about self-care, it's taking that, those same ideas that we do in our daily life where it's like, okay, what is working for me right now? What's not working for me? Like what can I do where you're always evaluating yourself and kind of expanding the bubble Mm -hmm. into like, okay, my lifestyle and what impacts are my products having. And I've noticed at least like when I started cleaning up my life and I call it greening up my life, but making it more eco-friendly, it's also helped me to up-level like my self-care practices Mm. and just like my personal practices and the way that I live my life. I feel like I've become a happier person. And like when I'm living in alignment with the planet, I also feel like I'm living in alignment with my high self and what I'm doing. And so I think that's been an interesting way to look at it. And I, I don't think people talk about that as much because there's so many, I call them codes, but just lessons and teachings that the planet has for us. And when we start to tap into that and we start to learn from that, it's a whole nother ball game rather than like staying. I try to avoid the whole fear. And obviously mm-hmm. the science important, the science is important. Like we got to look at the science. We got to look at what's happening and we got to look at, you know, the way that the planet works and what we can do. But also I try to stay away from the fear and stay away from the like scary statistics of it all. And just really zone in on like, what can we do? What can we do as people right now? Um, and that's what I've noticed like on TikTok. That's what I talk about a lot. It's like things you can do right now or like products and swaps that you didn't even know existed that can be Mm -hmm. eco-friendly because it's like that instant gratification of like, we can do something about it. And yes, there is a huge problem. It's a bigger problem than just like one or two swaps, but 
again, you got to get people on board. And I think that's really what I've learned throughout the journey too, is like, we're all in this together and every little thing that you do, it does matter. It does make a difference. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, and it's not all or nothing. I think that's like such a good perspective to have, like making a few swaps versus like, I think sometimes people think, oh, I need to go into like a completely, you know, eco-friendly lifestyle, super low waste, all the things. And it's like, no, make a couple changes. I was watching your, um, you're real on your nails, how you do your nails. And I was literally like, Oh my God. Yes. Like the little, um, reusable pad to take the nail polish off the, like the ego-friendly nails, just little things like that. Like that's kind of fun. Right. Right. And it can, it should be fun. Like, I think it should be fun. And I always, a lot of the times when there's situations, I'm always like, okay, what would mama earth do? And like, how would mama earth want us to handle this? And I think mama earth is probably super fun and she wants us to have fun with it. And so like, okay, we can have eco-friendly nails that are super fun and it doesn't have to be like a whole stress around it. And yeah. it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. I, um, I used to be vegan. And so I was vegan for three years and I did it for health reasons, but also environmental reasons. And, and then I started to get guidance on like, I might need to eat meat again. And it was a whole thing that I was dealing with because again, it was this idea of, I wanted to be the most eco-friendly person that I could be. And I want, I felt like I needed to be perfect. And it was like all or nothing with the vegan mindset. Mm -hmm. And again, that was one of the biggest lessons that I learned in this whole thing of switching my lifestyle to be more environmental was like, you can be vegan for most of the time. And if you need to eat meat, you can eat meat sustainably. And like, it was just kind of like, living what works for you. If you don't like metal straws, but you like different kinds of straws, like it's okay. And you can flip and you can like try different things. And if you don't like shampoo bars and you're like dead set on using regular shampoo, then I think use regular shampoo and make a swap in your other life. Like, I don't think we all need to jump on everybody's crap about it. And like that, and, and that was something that I felt when I joined this space. And when I like started in it, I was like, Oh, I have to be perfect. Everything has to be perfect. And like, I'm somebody that's sharing information like this. Like I have to be perfect. I'm like, I'm also a human. And like, this is, this is what I do. And this is how I work. And here's what works for me. And here's what doesn't. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's really good advice. And you just dropped a number of things already, like tips that I'm like, oh my gosh, because we're going to get into the specifics. I really yes. want to leave a number of tips so that people can start them now and you know implement it as part of their self-care, but also go back to you and find a lot of good tips. You said something um, oh, about your moving from vegan into eating meat. I, I was vegetarian for gosh, 20 years, 20. I'm like, what? Am I that old that I could actually do that? Like, yeah, I'm 35. But when I had my second daughter, I, I needed it. I needed right. to have meat again, especially in that breastfeeding phase and navigating that, like it felt really weird. And I've kind of gotten into a good spot now. Like we do butcher box and some other like ways to get meat. What specifically like for you, what have you found works when you're like in that flexitarian way of eating? Right. Um, so I guess for me, it really, what started it was more of the energetics. I felt like I needed something to ground me down. And that was Mm -hmm. really like when, and I look at food as medicine and I've always kind of looked at it that way. And I was really guided to, okay, and I think I might need to eat meat. And it was a whole process again. And then I was going to doctors They're like, you might need to eat some meat, like maybe just try it. And I was like, okay. And I started to do a bunch of research and I actually got super into regenerative farming, which Mm -hmm. is a way of I call it, I, it's honestly, I thought it was the coolest thing, which is what made me like 
want to even eat meat again. Um, it really helped me, but the way that people farm right now with commercial farming and everything that's going on and big farms, um, most of the time they only grow one crop. So it's like mono crops. So you'll have Mm. a farmer and he only grows corn and he grows corn over and over a year after year. And what that does to the soil is there's not a lot of biodiversity then. So there's not a lot of different plants. There's not a lot of different pollinators that are coming. And so it starts to kind of, it like, clears out the soil. So it makes it not as lively and as healthy as it could be. Mm-hmm. And over time, it has a huge impact on the planet. And so what they've been doing with regenerative agriculture is they actually take the animals and it's based off of Native American roaming patterns. And so they, instead of keeping, again, if you look at big farms, like animal farming and that kind of stuff, manufactured all, all of the way that they're doing the animal like meat industry. Um, most of the time they're just kind of in one place. And so there are these ranchers and farmers that have been working together and they do, they take their livestock and they move them around in a certain pattern. And it's based off the native American ways. And it actually turns the soil in certain ways. So it, it regenerates the soil. And then, um, my favorite thing, if you Google it, there's pictures of like farm side by side. And it's like a mono farm that has been farming like the same thing for years and years and years. And then it's a farm that's been doing regenerative agriculture and they have livestock roaming the grounds and you can see it's like flourished and there's all different kinds of like different kinds of plants and all different kinds of things. And so I actually then started researching and I found these farmers in Colorado, well, ranchers and farmers, and they do regenerative farming and regenerative agriculture. And I, they do a subscription, a meat subscription. So that's where I, I know. And that's, I was like, I want to support them. Like it made me so excited because I was like, these guys are actually doing something to help the planet. And it kind of, it balances it out. Obviously like the, the whole thing with me in eating it with the planet is, um, the footprint, the carbon footprint from it. So, um, I was like, you know what, this kind of helps to balance it out. And I think they're doing major work. And this is what brings me to like things that you didn't think could be eco-friendly or I guess stereotypes and people that you didn't think were super eco-friendly sometimes are the most eco-friendly. And that's why I felt like I really want to support these people Mm -hmm. who are doing it and making a huge change. And so I learned so much with regenerative agriculture. And then also I was like, this is so cool. And they're grass fed, grass finished, organic, like they're doing it the right way. And that's where I want to spend my money. And like, again, from an energy point of view, I'm like, I feel good eating this. Like it feels really good to me. And so it it was definitely interesting navigating that whole mm. journey of like, okay, am I going to do this? Am I not? And then also I mean, my platform was built on me being vegan. I shared vegan recipes. And so that was, um, uh, that was interesting too. For about two months, I was eating meat and still, it, w- it wasn't like I was like eating meat every day. <laughs> um, first, it was like, okay, I feel like I need it. And um, like, depends on what was going on in my life and where I was. But so most of the time I was still eating vegan and I was still like, I am, I would go to restaurants and I eat vegan and do, you know, vegan menus. And I was, that was what was happening, but other times, oh, I need a little meat. So I would eat some meat. And that was happening for about two months before I said anything. Cause I was still processing it. And I think that was something that was a huge learning experience for me too, was like, you don't have to, I didn't have to share everything in real time. Like when I did come out and say, okay, here's what's been happening. I actually have been eating meat for two months. And, um, like this was my journey and I shared it. Like I had so much feedback and positive responses and people were like, you know what? I've been feeling this too. I didn't know how to navigate this. And so that was a big lesson for me too, to learn is like, okay, you can navigate things over here and then share it and then teach people about it. But I felt like if I was trying to come out and talk about it while I was 
in the phase of navigating it and learning it, it might've gotten taken the wrong way, or it might've been again, wobbly or anything like that. So that was a big, I I would say breakthrough and like pivotal moment for happy with habits was like embracing that. And I think I've noticed it's a lot of people have joined the happier with habits community because of things like that, where it's like, they don't feel like they're pigeonholed into one way of being eco-friendly. It's like, okay, you can eat meat. You cannot eat meat. You can eat meat. Sometimes you can be vegan most of the time. Like we're, everybody's welcome here. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really, really cool to see. Yeah. It's another, again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like you can do it smart, you know? I, so I want us to focus in on a couple of areas because there's so many places to start and, and fashion being one of them, because I think it's, it's, it's something that I find to, I've just been focusing on it a little bit more. I've done a lot of clothing rental this year and I really love it. Um, gotten rid of stuff, trying to avoid that fast fashion world. However, I was talking to my friend who works in sourcing for Target and Target actually is really good because Target's in Minnesota where I'm from. So it's really like they do a good amount. You'd think it would be fast fashion um, in that like sort of really fast consumable than throw away kind of product, mm-hmm. but they do a good job of, of sourcing. So I'll just that lay the land. And what she was saying, too is that it's it's not always about like fast fashion isn't necessarily always bad it's just that it's quickly produced right and so I didn't know that I was just like okay so can you just talk about like how fast fashion versus slow fashion works like how we can navigate those worlds like as a consumer what research should we be doing this is such a good question I love talking about this because again I think like fast fashion has a bad rep a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. And like, there are H and M target, like we can list them all off all these brands that have been coined as fast fashion. They don't necessarily have the best reputation, but like you're saying, like target is making huge strides on sustainability. Like they're in the better cotton initiative and they've been doing major work on their sustainability front again, with like even eco-friendly products, like they've been making some big changes. And I think a lot of these companies have also been doing the same thing. The thing with fast fashion versus slow fashion, slow fashion is when we wear our clothes longer and we take care of them and we're buying clothes that really light us up and make us happy. And it's really, we're playing the long game with the clothes versus Mm -hmm. fast fashion, which is quick turnarounds, how like, this is kind of how I look at it, but if you are going to buy something and it's not going to last you more than a season or a year, I consider that fast fashion. It's something that's going to go in and out really quickly and it's going to end up in a landfill here. And here's the thing with the quality and the price. And it used to be a few, probably five or 10 years ago, you could really look at the price and be like, okay, that shirt's $3 fast fashion, probably not good materials. Okay. Bye. But the way that the manufacturing process is a change of product development, we can get pretty well-made products for a lot lower cost. And so that's not the price of something is not always necessarily a good benchmark to be like, Oh, is this Mm. fast fashion or not? I like to think like a good thing is, okay, how long is this going to last? Does it feel like it's durable? Does it feel like it's going to be something that I'm going to wear multiple times? Or is this just like super trendy? And I think a big part of fast fashion is how quickly trends move and this whole idea of trends. And this was something that I geek out about. I love talking about trends because it's a huge part of fast fashion. And so The reason that fast fashion has exploded the way it has, I think, is a big part to social media and a big part of just being connected to people and watching trends move so quickly. So over the past 10 years, trends have sped up an insane amount and they just they move so fast now. And again, like this is driven a lot by these big fashion companies because they're the ones who are turning out new clothes and new colors and they're always putting things out. But 
also social media and the media has a part of this too. So it's kind of a perfect storm to get consumers to just constantly be buying things, which is a really interesting way to look at it. And it's, it's really just taking a step back and going, what kind of clothes do I wear? Like what's in my closet? Like I always like to look at a closet evaluation because if you're going to, sometimes people can't go out and buy a $50 cotton t-shirt. Like that's just not available to them, but they can buy a 10 or $15 one and wear it a bunch of times. And it's still gonna, they're not going to throw it out. You know, it's not going to just end up in a landfill if it's a white t-shirt that they're going to wear over and over again. But if they're going to go out and buy like some super trending neon green color that doesn't look that great on them, but it's super it's super in right now. So we're going to buy it. And then it's going to be out next season. They wore it three times. Like that to me is fast fashion versus not fast fashion. You see what I'm saying? Like you Mm -hmm. see the contrast there. So a lot of the times there's this misconception that fast fashion is cheap and slow fashion or like sustainable fashion is super expensive. But I like to counter that with like your actions can define if something's fast fashion or not. So like if you are wearing the clothes that you have, I always say the most sustainable thing that you can do in your closet is wear what you already have. And then after that, you can evaluate it's thrifting, it's renting, it's like borrowing clothes and then shopping sustainable brands. But if you wear what you have, that's the best thing that you can do and make your clothes last longer. So if you extend the lifespan of your clothes six to eight months, you can lower the impact of it by 20 to 30%. So depending on you know what kind of clothes it is and that number varies, but even just by making it last a little bit longer, Longer, maybe you're fixing something or then the resources that were used to make that don't have as big of an impact. And so I think that's something that's so important to just teach people is to take care of your clothes, wear them and like buy clothes that you can interchange. And so for me, one of the best things that I've done is to learn what colors look good on me and kind of stick in that realm of colors. I joke, but I work in branding and I do a lot of branding. Um, that's like my actual job. I do have you with habits too, but it's like bringing branding and having a personal brand. And that's one of the best things that you can do in your closet because then you know that everything works with all sorts of things. You can swap it out. You can wear it. It lasts so much longer. And another thing is like buying secondhand clothes. There's so many ways that you can do this now. So yes, these there's tons of fashion brands that are super sustainable and super awesome, but sometimes they're not affordable or accessible or for whatever reason, but there's also tons of ways you can go to a thrift store, but there's also online thrift stores. So curtsy, Poshmark, um, even for luxury, like the real, real, there's tons of different options to buy secondhand clothes. And I think again, when we go back to trends, trends always come in and out. So what I like to do is I love fashion. So I make a list on my phone and I'm like, okay, for example, for the fall cowboy boots, like they're super in and I've been seeing them everywhere, which I love. And I was like, I could totally thrift a pair of these. Like I could totally thrift a pair. And so I put it on, I have a list on my phone called my thrift list. And so it's just things that I would want to like impulse buy, but I just put it on my list on my phone and wait a minute and see if I can thrift it. So if I go out or I'm on Poshmark and I'm looking, I try to thrift it before I buy it. And if it's been on there for a while and I still haven't found something that I've thrifted, but it's been on there and I'm like, I know I really want this. It wasn't just an impulse thing. Then maybe I'll look into buying it in a sustainable way. But for the most part, you can get it secondhand or you can rent it or there's a bunch of different options. So when we're talking about being fashionable and then being sustainable, they can go hand in hand because again, it's like, okay, something's super trendy and it's going to go in and out. That's where renting comes in. Like you can rent clothes and you can have them and you can be super trendy and be super in and then send them back and somebody else can wear them. And that's really, I think, such a 
cool thing. I love, I use Rent the Runway and I love Rent the Runway. They're awesome. But it's like that circular economy and it's sharing. And I think also sisters, roommates, anybody in your life that you can swap clothes with or borrow clothes, I think is another thing. Like my sister is going to a country concert. She's like, can I wear the cowboy boots? I'm like, yeah, don't go buy them. Like wear the cowboy boots. We thrifted them. Um, And so things like that, it's just taking a different lens to the fashion industry into the clothes that you're wearing and like how can we turn it around and just think a little bit more consciously about it I guess would be the way like we're we're doing this in all aspects of our life with what we're consuming social media all of that kind of stuff and it's doing the same thing here it's like rather than just okay letting these big companies push out their new colors and new styles it's like okay how can we kind of rebel against this and get it thrifted or how can we rent it and so I think that's my that's my whole thing on the fast fashion <laughs> I'm so excited to share Yoga Magic's newest sponsor, Interval. So when I made this switch to teaching yoga online when the pandemic hit about a year and a half ago, I found it really clunky. It was hard to navigate Zoom and reminding students to come to class and registration and all the things. And then I found Interval and oh, oh my gosh, it has everything. So now, I use Interval because it has all the tools in one spot and helps you build your health and wellness community. It houses class recordings, it can manage payments and memberships, and even has links for playlists that your students can enjoy after class. So if you're a yoga teacher, a coach, maybe an online educator, really of any sort, make sure to check out Interval especially if you've been using Facebook groups or other platforms to build community, this is gonna bring it all together in one place. And it's completely invite only, so use the link in my show notes to learn a little bit more and see if teaching online through Interval is the right platform for you. Again, it houses everything you need all in one spot and helps you reach new audiences by making the back end of teaching online super easy. Interval, more information in the show notes. I love this idea, the thrift list. I'm totally going to use that. And I actually like, I've been thinking about cowboy boots. You totally nailed it. So I use um, a specific rental called Newly, yep. which is like all of the urban brands. And I really love it because of that reason. Like these things are so trendy. I'm not going to wear them next year, but it's, it's a nice like little staple or rather not even staple. It's like a compliment to my staples right. in, in the closet. I'm, and then the thrift list, I'm totally going to do that. What other brands do you like? Like, like I'm thinking about, like, I like mate, mate, the label. Yep. There's a couple other that I like in this world of eco fashion. What other brands do you like? You know, it's funny. Cause I had a whole, I tried to have a challenge where I didn't buy anything for a whole year. And if I did buy anything, then I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to do it sustainably. So mate is one of the, I love mate. Like I get a ton of basics from them. You know, Levi's is actually really good, um, with their sustainability practices and they last so it's not even, I mean, yes, reformation is great. I like, they do a lot of good stuff too. I'm trying to think there's a few other ones. Um, Mira Hoffman, I love, but like, uh, seriously, I've not really bought that much new clothes in a while. Like most of the time I'm renting them or I'm thrifting them. And so when I think of like new and sustainable, like off the top of my head, I think may the label they're awesome they're like seriously one of my faves and their branding is so good too girlfriend collective i guess for like workout, active, yeah, wear. active yeah, wear yeah their stuff is the best um that fits so well and i think they're they have all kinds of sizes all kinds of colors i love them shoes i actually 
they're they're these shoes called debris that I just found and they're made out of recycled tires. So most of the time when like people get their tire changed, they just go to the landfill. So these guys are from California and they're like surfer skater dudes. So they're kind of like vans. So I love vans and these were an easy swap for me. And we found each other on Instagram. I was like, these guys are so cool. And then they use recycled plastic from the ocean. So they, he's a surfer and he like saw how much plastic was there. So he collected them all birds also for shoes. Like I love them. They're super cool. And then Elaine Fisher, which is kind of like a off the wall one, but they have so many great basics and they actually do regenerative farming for their wool. So or regenerative agriculture, I guess would be it. So all of their sheep that they use is regen, they do regenerative farming. There's all these brands that are just doing amazing things. I think really what you have to be careful of is the greenwashing. And I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but greenwashing is when these big companies will come out and be like, Hey, look, we're totally eco-friendly because we're like doing this whole X, Y, and Z. But really what it is, is like, they're just using green colors and it's like, put the word recycled on it. And so you kind of got to look into it a little bit farther than, Hey, we're eco-friendly because X, Y, and Z. So I always look for transparency in a brand. Like when I'm shopping with them, I will always go to a website and look for transparency. So if they're showing you, you know, what their products are made out of, if they have their materials, if they have more information than just cotton, um, like where they're sourcing their cotton or if it's organic cotton, I look for that kind of stuff. And transparency is really big with fashion brands right now. So if they're doing something that's eco-friendly, they want to share it. So they're going to post about it. So if they don't have anything on their website or on their social media about eco-friendliness, you can probably guess that it's not super eco-friendly, but that's really what I look for. Like when I'm shopping in a brand, you usually can have a good judgment. Like I think your intuition has a good judgment of like, okay, this is a cool brand. They feel like they're my vibe. They're posting about their sustainable practices. Let's buy from them. I like that too, because you're really, it's, you're bringing it back to the consumer and, and choosing to not buy. Cause you don't have to, I think that's like, that's another story, but like sometimes just purchasing new things as a coping mechanism. I noticed that that's like, for me, when I'm in a, in a stress state, I'm like, I'm going to shop and like maybe adding it to the, the thrift list or to the rental list is the first choice. And then if you really need something, you have these options. Right. I love that. Okay. I want us to go into some just lifestyle upgrades and that can be in the space of self-care, but it can also just be like where you see somebody who's really pretty new yep. to this, where you would have them start. Yeah. This is like my favorite thing. Uh, I like to look at it one area of your life at a time. So if you're looking at your whole life, it's super overwhelming. So my tactic is always to break it down. This is how I started. It's like pick one area, bathroom, laundry, skincare, makeup. You could do kitchen. You could do food. You could do like grocery shopping and just start to switch some things out. I think, yes, like the easy ones right off the bat are like reusable bags to the grocery store and like reusable coffee cups when you're going out. But my favorite place to make eco-friendly swaps is actually the bathroom because that is one, something like skincare, oral care. It's going directly on your body too. So it does have a really good impact. Like it's something that you're going to notice. And again, when we're talking about self-care, it's like, this is going to really go into me. Like I'm, I'm going to feel it. There's going to be a difference. Um, so in the shower, I'm the queen of bars. Like I joke, but like those, I always talk about them on my TikTok. I love bar swaps for anything. Um, so shampoo bars and conditioner bars, there are tons and tons of brands out there that you can just swap them out with. They're awesome because they last for like three months. So you actually only, they're like 15 bucks for the most part. And they're lasting for like 
three months, super clean ingredients. The way that the bars are actually made are super clean. And I mean, I've noticed my hair have a huge difference, um, since I've used them. So those are like my number one. And I also use a shaving cream bar, which is a complete game changer. It also lasts way longer, but it's in bar form and it lathers up in your hands and you can just use it on your legs. You can use it anywhere. And then I use a moisturizer bar also for my skin. So rather than like skin lotion, um, this one called do mighty and it's skincare. It's like, like high grade. It works awesome. So things like that. I I'm always down for a great bar swap. You can also in your kitchen, there's dish soap that's in bar form. Um, there's also like in your laundry room stain remover that's in bar form. So you literally just get the stain wet and put the bar soap on it. And so I have on my website also, <laughs> there's like a list of all the products that I love and use because again, easy to find, but Also, like when we're talking back to the bathroom, I think what I started to do was look at what I was throwing away away the most and then make swaps from there. So I realized I was throwing away like skincare products all the time, like my containers of it. So like, okay, how do I clean this up? So I started looking for glass, like skincare and glass bottles that I can recycle. Um, or I started to look for brands that had refillable programs where I can send it back. And that's like, I cleaned up the skincare area. Cause I was throwing out a lot of those. And then I was like, okay, toothpaste tubes. Like I'm going through a lot of this plastic. What can we do here? And so for toothpaste, there's like tabs, um, they're like toothpaste tablets and you bite on them and then you can brush your teeth and you just get the toothbrush wet and brush your teeth, which is really cool. Personally, I don't love those. I still kind of like the toothpaste. So David's toothpaste is in an aluminum one. And then also Target has their own brand that's in an aluminum and you can recycle that. And I think when we're, when you're looking at products, especially when you're like in Target or you're at the grocery store, it can be really overwhelming to be like, how can I make a more eco-friendly swap here? So it's good to know what is, I guess, in the world of recycling and what's good. Plastic is definitely the worst of all. It has the longest impact. It stays on the planet the longest also. So um, millions of millions of years, they say that the plastic will actually last longer than our fossils, which is so weird to think about. If you think about how long the dinosaurs have been there, like the plastic will stay longer. I avoid plastic as much as I can. And also what people don't know is the toxics. So there's a lot of chemicals and toxins that are in the plastic. So when you're constantly having products around that it's also seeping into your product. So, you know, it's, it's cleaning that up in your life as well will help with your health. Looking for things like that when you're in a grocery store, then glass and aluminum are great options because they can be recycled endlessly. So when things get recycled like plastic or paper, the more they get recycled, the less the quality is. So they can't always be recycled endlessly, but glass and aluminum can be recycled indefinitely. So they're a great option. So if you're ever in the grocery store and it's like you're between a glass or plastic glass is great because you can reuse it indefinitely. So the way that they recycle it also, you can save the glass jars and reuse them for different things, but, um, same with aluminum. So those are why those are a little bit better options, but even just having the awareness around what materials like the impact the materials have on the planet is really how we can start to change things in our life because it's like, okay, I have a lot of plastic in this area, or I have a lot of things that I'm throwing out in this area. What can I do to save that? What can I do to help this? Can I reuse them? And I think that's a big part that's missed is like when we think about recycling and we think about being eco-friendly is recycling, but reduce and reuse is 
before recycling. <laughs> like when they were teaching it, it's like reduce, reuse, and then recycle. Everybody skips over the reduce and reuse. And those are the biggest parts of being eco-friendly, I think, that you can actually do. And then recycle. But like reduce what you're buying, reduce what you're using, reduce your waste, like what you're throwing out, um, looking at your food scraps. Can I reuse these? Like you can use coffee grounds as fertilizer and you can use banana peels as fertilizer too. Um, there's so many different things that you can do with your trash. And so reducing is the number one thing. And then, or I guess reusing and then reducing. Um, and so like, how can you reuse things? How can you reduce what you're doing? And then is it recyclable? Is it not? Can we recycle it? So that's, I think it gets missed. It's like flies over everybody's head. And so I think that's the number one thing when anybody asks, how can I be eco-friendly right now? Stop buying new things all the time. Do you have it? Can you borrow it? Can you reuse it? Um, before you buy something new. I mean, like the coffee grounds thing, this, this is so dumb, but I've never even thought about this. Like I bought like a coffee scrub from target in a plastic container and my daughters and I will like, we'll do like a spa day and we'll do a coffee scrub. And I'm like, Oh my God, I could just literally use our coffee grinds. What? Right. And like, that's the thing. Uh, this is why I say, look at your trash. Like one of the best things yeah. you can do is inspect your trash. I'm a very creative person and like, I like to be creative. So I'm like, Ooh, every time I throw something out, I think, can I use this for something else? Or what can I do with this? Or I feel like I'm throwing out a lot of this. What can I do? And that's how I started to figure out what I could do with the coffee grounds because I was throwing out so many coffee grounds. I was like, there's gotta be different things that you can also like dye things with them. Like you can dye paper with it. Like Pinterest is your best friend in this regard. You can tie dye with avocado peels. There's so many things that you can do that you don't even think of. And it's just, I do it from looking at my trash. Like, what am I throwing out? Let's see what I can do with that. Or can I find a swap for this? So that's my number one tip. <laughs> this is so fun. I'm like thinking about even like teaching my kids how to do some of these things. Like we could make, you know, we're, I'm always right. trying to flip and entertain them. And it's like, this is a, oh yeah, this is like a whole new world. I'm going to go on your, on your Instagram right now and try to find some projects and things. Yeah. I love that. And it's fun. Like when you talk about self-care, it's like the sugar scrub, like the coffee grounds, like all that is so fun to do. And like, there's so many different eco-friendly, like DIYs, like that's all part of it. It's like, okay, how can I reuse the shirt? Can we do something with it? Can we turn it into a craft? Um, and so like, that's a world that I like to play in because I feel like you're making a difference. You're doing things in your life. You're seeing the impact and that's, what's important here. You don't even know the ripple effect. Yeah. Ripple. I love that. Last question before we talk about your self-care routine, how, where are some of the sneakiest, most wasteful parts of our life? Clearly the bathroom is one of those areas. Any other like good ones we can look to right away? I would say your food and your food waste and what you're eating. So one of the, one, there's a lot of plastics and things like it's, it's hard, but there's tons of plastics in the food. So even just like swapping out different sauces that you buy, some of them are in plastic, some of them are in glass, like dressings, things like that. Swapping them out is a great way to like lower it. Also buying um, fresher produce that's not processed. Like these are simple things that have a lot of impact. So the more processed the food is, the more impact it has, the more factories, the more shipping that it's been through, the more packaging that there is. So buying just fruits and vegetables and like making your own kinds of stuff and cooking a little bit more and eating in a little bit more rather than doing takeout all the time is a great way to clean it up. But then also I always say eat your leftovers, make food and eat your leftovers rather than throwing them out. Like you can decrease your impact by the food waste. So you can always compost it. You can um, save your food scraps and donate them to things. You can reuse your food scraps. And so in the kitchen, it's a little overwhelming, but if you just zone it down to like food and what you're eating and diving deep into it a little bit more and being like, okay, rather than buying like baby carrots in a bag, you could buy 
regular carrots and cut them up. And like right there, that's a swap. So it's almost like taking an inventory of what you have in your fridge and what you're doing and seeing different ways that you can swap it in and out. So I think the more you go in your grocery store, it's kind of fun. I look at it as a scavenger hunt, like, okay, can I find a better swap for this? And obviously it's not about perfection. You're going to walk out of there with plastic. We all do. That's just the way that it is. But even if you're swapping out rather than buying the apples in a bag, like, you know how you can buy a bunch of apples? Well, bring your own bag and fill it up and like, don't put them in a bag. And now you're saving on the plastic there. So things like that, I think the food world has a lot of sneaky plastics and sneaky waste full things that are just like not necessary. And so that would be my one area, but the kitchen and the food is totally where I would say other than the bathroom. Those are the two places that I think have the most. That's a good, yeah. And I think about too, just like how that impacts our health and and, any of those like Uber processed things like, oh, that's, that's a good one. Okay. What do you do for your regular self-care practices? Like what are your go-tos? They don't necessarily have to be like eco-friendly. Maybe they're just my meditation, I suppose is very eco-friendly, but um, (laughs) what do you do? Meditation and prayer are huge for me. That is a big part of my daily routine. Um, I also clearing my energy is like a huge self-care for me. I, I, again, with like working and being on social media, I feel like I can, I'm, I'm a huge empath. So I feel like I collect yes. a lot of energy throughout the day and I feel a lot of things. So multiple times I actually have like reminders on my phone. I call them prayer breaks, but they're also for like clearing my energy. And it's just a second. It's like, I don't, it takes like two minutes to clear my energy and I kind of just send an intention and say a little prayer of like oh, universe. This is what I would like to happen or like, can you take care of this if I'm stressed about something? So meditation and prayer have been a huge process, like aspect of my self-care. Also cooking and just like taking care of myself is a big thing. I notice like whenever I feel super wobbly or super all over the place, I'm like, just get in the kitchen and cook a meal, like get your hands on some food and like just feed your soul. Um, so that's also really big. Uh, getting outside and seeing the sun is another, that one's again, one of my favorite tips on being eco-friendly, but also my favorite tips for self-care and like a big part of my self-care routine is to get outside, get your feet on the ground, connect with the planet and get the sun on your face. That usually helps me. And also working out, moving my body. That's a huge part of my self-care. And I guess the last, the last one is I always like to create more than I consume. Like that's been something that I've been working on this year is whether I'm creating for myself or in the kitchen or, you know, just not sitting on my phone and consuming everything all the time. Um, that's really big for my mental health, I think too. And being very intentional rather than just like the mindless scroll. And yes, the, the filthy scroll is a great thing and it feels really good, but also like setting a timer and like not just sitting there for hours, just like scrolling has been really, really big for my self-care. Filthy scroll. I'm obsessed. I'm going to use that. And you sometimes need it. Yep. And also sometimes you're like, it's been an hour and a half. What am I doing? I love that can create more than you consume. And I feel like that can go with social media that can go with that can go with buying things that can be with oh my that is amazing yes that's my new motto lately is like create more than you consume and it's a good check like and and it also like with people in your life too it's like giving more than like i don't know like i just feel like it's it's been good for me it's like okay where do i need to evaluate what i'm consuming what i'm creating what i'm like what am I doing in this world? And like, where am I at? So it's been, that's been a huge thing that I've been working mm-hmm. with, especially on social media is like, okay, I want to show up. I want to be doing things, but I also need to like take my time and do what I need to do to get myself to be able to create and to do things too. So yeah, yeah. that's the feminine really like that creation piece, finding the, the feminine versus the consume, which is very just in our culture, masculine. And, oh, I love that. And I'm thinking too, what are, are you? A, you must be a water sign or what's your, what's your I'm a cancer. Sign? Yeah. I'm like, I can just yeah. feel your mama bear. I'm a cancer too. When's your birthday? 
Uh, June 22nd, Wednesdays. Stop. That's my birthday. <laughs> I had That's a feeling. So I was like, I feel like we're so in sync on this. Of course. Of course you're June 22nd. Oh my gosh. So then where's your moon? I am a Je- I wait, Leah. Hold on. I always get them confused. That's okay. I, I will look it up because I was just, I literally was just writing it down because I was getting into this. I was like super into human design because I'm a manifesting generator. Oh, yeah, me too. And so I was like into that. And then I, okay, Libra, Moon, Gemini rising is okay. where I am. Okay. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Libra, that's kind of a tough placement. And it's not that you can't use it to your advantage, but Libra is so people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like that thought process in your head of like, create more than you consume. That is yeah, like, ooh. it's a thing. That's interesting that you say that, you know, that's so funny. That was coming up for me a lot this weekend when I was like processing things is the people pleasing side of it. I joke, but like New York kicked me on my ass when I lived there, because if you people please, you're getting stomped on left and right. And so right. I had to grow a backbone on that. But like when I grew up in the, I'm in Ohio now. So I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and it's very like, I grew up people pleasing. That was the way that I lived. And that, I always wanted to make everybody happy. And now that has been a huge shift in what I've been doing is me first. Like mm-hmm. what do what's in alignment for me? And it still comes up. Like I was working through triggers this weekend about it. Cause I'm like, okay, you first, like you first. Yeah. Um, and you're what a creative chart with that Gemini oof, rising, yeah. <laughs> just like all cancer. So creative. I love that. You're going to, I mean, you'll be able to do so much when you harness that creative energy. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I joke, but I mean, I work in design and I work in branding. So it's like, I'm creative all the time. And it's been interesting to work with because I actually hired a few people on my team too. And they've been tapping into like, I look at my businesses as entities and energies and I work with that. And so, um, Groove Street creative agency is my creative world. And I hired two girls under there and they've both been tapping into that too. So I've really had to work on like regenerating my creative field and like what my creative source, because they're kind of tapped into it too, in a way, um, mm-hmm. because it's, it is me and like the clients that we work with are working with me, but they're backing me up. But again, it's, it's been interesting because for a while it's just me like working in my creative right, world. Yeah. And now there's two other people in there and I'm like, okay, I really got to set time so that I can rejuvenate and like yeah. refresh that creative stuff because it's not just me using it anymore. Like there's other people under it, which I wasn't expecting that. That was something that I learned. I was like, oh crap. We're going we're to have to figure this out, Skylar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I love that. It's a good learning. Yeah. It was really cool. Oh my gosh, Skylar. This was so fun. I took away so much and I can't wait for people to still dive into your amazing content and start some of these. I'm literally like, I'm like getting jazz thinking about some of the fun stuff that I can do. And I'm in this like Virgo decluttering phase right now where you can actually like feel and see what you have to work with. And like, perfect timing. We're gonna have to air this ASAP because it's just perfectly placed. So <laughs> yay! thank you so much for having me. I'm, this is the best. I love that. We're birthday busties too. Birthday like, buddies. of course, <laughs> like it's the best. I love it. Can you tell listeners where to find you all of your, all of your things? Yes. Um, so you can find me on TikTok at Sky Saba. You can find me on Instagram at happy earth habits. Those are my two main things. You can find tips and tricks on both of them. And then you can also find my creative world at Groove Street Creative on Instagram. So if you are in that world too. <laughs> Thank you, Skylar. This was so fun. Thank you so, so much. 
Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks to Skylar for sharing her insights. Thanks to our show sponsor, Interval. If you like this episode, if you learned something new, something that's going to upgrade your routines to be more sustainable, better for our environment, please consider sharing it on Instagram and tag at Yoga Magic Podcast. And if you have a moment and can leave a review and a rating, it makes a huge difference in the reach of this show. Thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you next week.